Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the risen one, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, last night, uh, one of my seminary classmates messaged me and said, don't forget, you have an extra hour to preach tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, I'm on it. Whenever you read the Bible, you can't help but notice that its uh, authors love to use metaphors to describe our Christian life and uh, even life after death. Uh, taking these things that are so simple and ordinary and part of everyday life and comparing them uh, to our life with God, our life in Christ. Jesus used metaphors all the time in his teaching ministry whenever he said things like, I am the good shepherd, even though he was never a shepherd of literal sheep. But he ministered to them and to those who knew exactly what shepherds did for the sake of their flocks. He also used other metaphors from first century agricultural society, uh, like soil and seeds and wheat and weeds and harvests and fields and weather, because those were the things with which people interacted in their life in that first century agricultural society in which they lived. I mean, even heaven itself is portrayed by a metaphor which is a great wedding celebration uh, that is filled with wonderful food and great joy because in Jesus' day, wedding celebrations were very big deals and they would often go on for days on end rather than the few hours that we're accustomed to in our time and generation. And so uh, if when I die, you know, I start to hear September by earth, wind and fire, I know I'm at the wedding. On the other hand, if I hear the bunny hop, I'll know I went to the other place. <laughs> and though uh, it is controversial in some corners of the church, uh, St. Paul loved to use military metaphors about being dressed up for battle, fighting a fight, uh, because he conveyed the message of Jesus to people who were under the forces of the Roman Empire, and they are images that they would have found very compelling, very easy to understand. And in today's passage from uh, the letter to the Hebrews, its unknown author uses an athletic metaphor to describe the Christian life as a race to be run. And that is the one uh, that I want to talk about most today as we gather for a centuries-old celebration known as the commemoration of all saints, uh, who just to be clear, uh, are not only super Christians who have been voted in uh, by some action or act of the church, uh, nor are they simply limited to uh, ancient biblical figures uh, who appear in artwork with halos around their heads. Uh, but all the saints are all the believers who have been baptized in Christ, both the well-known and also the little-known not because they were perfect or super Christians, but because they were saved by grace and because God blessed them to pass our way and to run the race of a faithful life until they received their rest in the victory of Jesus. And as we commemorate all the saints uh, today and you think of them celebrating the resurrection or maybe with tears in your eyes, or maybe a little bit of a combination of both. I want to unlock this metaphor a little bit as an encouragement to you and me as we celebrate and commemorate all the saints today. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, uh, as you heard, begins with the words, therefore. 
Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, uh, let us throw off everything that hinders, or in other words, slows us down, or the sin that so easily entangles and trips us up, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And the context uh, for those words in Hebrews chapter 12 and uh, this cloud of witnesses of which its uh, anonymous author speaks is not in Hebrews 12, it's actually in Hebrews 11 where uh, we find this uh, great list of spiritual heroes, kind of a hall of fame of faith, including people like Abraham, who at a very ripe old age found out that God was not finished with him yet as he went out to explore a new land like a stranger in a foreign country, not knowing where he was going, just that God was leading him. Never met Abraham, but his story is a witness to me. It encourages me, cheers me on, helps me to know God isn't finished with us yet. And so he is in the cloud. Then there's Moses, you know, who could have had a pretty nice life back in Egypt, but that wasn't him, and he chose not to, and so instead he led his people to freedom. Never met Moses, but he's in my cloud, because his story is a witness. It is an encouragement uh, to me to proclaim freedom to people who are entangled in sin. And, uh, and there are others uh, in Hebrews 11 who are not named in today's passage, uh, people like Noah and Joseph and David and Rahab and others as well, who are in this cloud of witnesses who did extraordinary things and are included by the writer of uh, the Hebrews. And today, uh, I would just invite you to think about who you might put up in your cloud, including people that you may have never even met uh, personally either, uh, but their stories inspire you, they encourage you, and they help you to go on. And maybe you met them in the pages of scripture, or maybe you met them in the pages of history, or maybe somebody just told you uh, about them. Uh, whenever I uh, first returned uh, from visiting our military personnel uh, in Bosnia-Herzegovina back in the fall of 2001, I read about a Christian couple uh, who during the war at that time uh, went to worship every single Sunday and did not miss, except for one thing, they did not attend together. They went to separate masses uh, so that if the church was bombed, or if one of them was killed by a sniper on the way, their children would not be orphaned. And yet they went because their faith was that important to them. Never met the Pelzils, but I got them in my cloud because they are part of the witnesses who encourage me in my journey and they cheer me on or or maybe the saints that you commemorate today also include people uh, who you did know and uh, you knew them very well personally and intimately. Maybe their images were on the screen today. Maybe they were your spouse, member of your family, part of your circle of friends. Maybe they were a sheep of this flock. See, another metaphor. And you've got them up in your cloud 
and you don't see them anymore, but they still encourage you. Uh, among the hundreds of funerals that I have conducted uh, throughout the course of my ministry, I still do think from time to time about uh, conducting those of the last three founders of this congregation, uh, who may be just names to many of you, but I, I still think of Dorothy Dietrich, I still think of George and Pat Hoffman, and how it is that we might not even be here today like this, were they not in that cloud of witnesses, had they not run the race of a faithful life. This coming Saturday, uh, we're going to gather for the funeral Bob Helms, uh, whose wife Sharon was uh, director of our children's choirs for many years and suffered from dementia uh, prior to her own passing less than one year ago. And many of us here at St. Andrew, including many of you here at this service, can well remember Bob Helms bringing Sharon uh, to the head of the aisle for the Lord's Supper and how when we'd put her, uh, the body of Christ into Sharon's hand, Bob would literally guide her hand up to her mouth so that she could receive it, and then he would take her gently back to her uh, pew. And while his is a much longer story, including a, a stint as Assistant uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services, uh, that's pretty much all you really need to know about Bob, you know, about his faith, about his love. And so uh, I've got him up in my cloud. Uh, Friday evening, uh, faithful veteran of the cross here at St. Andrew, Dick Getch, who served as uh, treasurer of this congregation for many years, including the time in which we moved here to uh, New Hampshire Avenue. He got his rest in Christ. He got his rest from the race. Uh, Dick suffered from a disease uh, in which his immune system uh, attacked his muscles, which uh, led him uh, to uh, limit his movement, so much so that the only way he could really get around was in a motorized wheelchair. But you may have remembered that man moving around here, coming here as often as we, he could, as long as he possibly could, and how in my last real conversation with him, just talked about how blessed he was, how thankful he was. So it may be a stretch for you to think of a guy who couldn't even move running a race, but that is what he did. And so I got him, I got him up in the cloud today, along with many, many, many other people who God blessed to pass my way and run the race of a faithful life so that I might continue to run a faithful race in mine as I remember and commemorate the saints who have gone before us. And I invite you to do that too, uh, whether they are known or unknown to you. Uh, and yet on the other hand, you know, I look at this passage and like I normally do when I read a piece of scripture, I, I ask myself the question, you know, what, what is this doing here? I mean, why did the writer write what he wrote? I mean, other than the fact that he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course. Uh, but well, you, what's the purpose of this really? And our best answer to that is that somewhere uh, about halfway through the first century, uh, a growing number of Jewish Christians known as the Hebrews, in other words, those who came to know Jesus as their promised Messiah, were starting to question their Christianity because the going was starting to get tough. 
persecution was just around the corner. Not to the point of martyrdom just yet, but enough for some among them to think about reverting back to their old life or at least using it to conceal their Christianity. And so the letter to the Hebrews was written for the purpose of encouraging them not to do that, but to go forward, to keep going, to run the race, to fix their eyes on Jesus. And if you read the entire letter, which I would encourage you to do, uh, you will find a section about Moses, for example, and how Moses was great, but Jesus is the one who really sets you free. Or there's another section about the priests in the temple, which they would have easily understood, but went on to say that Jesus is the great high priest whose sacrifice for us on the cross is once and for all. And then finally, it winds its way into chapter 11, where you get this great hall of fame of, of spiritual heroes, and then ultimately into chapter 12, where we have this final plea. Don't go back. Keep going forward. Fix your eyes on Jesus and run this race that is set before you. And so when I think of this metaphor in Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12, kind of race I imagine in my mind is known as a relay race, of course. Because in a relay race, somebody is running up ahead of you. And you're running behind them, and you're both running. But at some point, the runner ahead of you will stop. They will not run any longer because their portion of the race has concluded but not before passing the baton to you so that you can keep running, you can keep going. Or maybe you are the one, or I am the one who has to pass the baton to the one who's running behind me because now my portion of the race has concluded. And besides, I got a wedding to go to. And so for me, uh, this race really is a relay race, which also explains my shameless pilfering of today's sermon title from the American Cancer Society. You know, one of the great fundraising efforts of all time. But you know, it, it's still true that I need people in my journey, in my Christian life to be running ahead of me, inspiring me, cheering me on, saying, come on, setting the example. Uh, for me, just like there are people behind me who need me to be in their cloud. They need me to be their witness and their encouragement to keep going in the race of a, of a faithful life until we're all at rest and we all celebrate in the victory of Jesus. It's kind of like when I was a kid and my, you know, my dad taught me how to ride a bike and, you know, he would uh, run alongside of me with his hand, you know, clutching the back of the bicycle seat. And I still remember him saying, you know, half out of breath, keep going, keep going, keep going. As I wobbled and pedaled around the yard and then finally uh, he confessed uh, that during our last two sessions, he wasn't holding on at all. And so he said, I'm done running. <laughs> now it's time for you to think of yourself a spin around the block. But here's the thing, Mark. You got to keep going. Do not look back. Do not slow down 
or you'll fall or you'll stop. Just keep going. And so that's what I did. Kept looking forward, went around the block, and made my way back home to the Father's house. In his very last letter, St. Paul writes, I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Two more metaphors, or maybe not. In John chapter 10, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give to them eternal life. Another metaphor, maybe, but one that is very compelling, easy to understand, and just filled with promise and joy. As you commemorate the saints in your life, those who are famous, those who may have only been known to you, not because they were super Christians, but because they were baptized in Christ. As you think about who you would upload into your cloud today, as you run the race that is marked out for you, as we today take our place together and uh, gather at the earthly end of this heavenly wedding banquet table, I leave you with the one metaphor with which we began today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off whatever hinders us or slows us down and the sin that so easily entangles us and trips us up and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And so don't give up, give thanks for the cloud Keep going until the race is complete, the victory finally is won, and we're just all celebrating at the wedding. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. <laughs>